Hello everyone, my name is JT the Talking Head, you are the audience, and you are listening to episode 11 of the Masters of Matinee podcast, a collaborative show between content creators who all share a great love for cinema and a passion for physical media. Our co-host today is Drewby's Doobies Movies, and we're going to be talking about double dipping, why collectors do it, and a couple releases that we have double dipped on ourselves. The Masters of Matinee would like to remind you to please silence your cell phone and do enjoy the show. All right, all right. All right, I'm joined here with Drewby Doobie Movie. How you doing, Drew? Oh, we're doing fantastic. How are you doing today? I cannot complain other than the fact that I'm exhausted. But so this is going to be a uneven episode. Drew's got Drew ate his Wheaties this morning. Yes, sir. I, somebody pissed in my Wheaties this morning. <laughs> oh shit. But uh, we are talking, we wanted to talk today about double dipping. So I want to ask first and foremost, there, there's a few different kind of forms of double dipping because there's, you know, buying multiple copies of the same movie for whatever reason, there's, you know, you could buy literally the same exact copy or you could buy a different version of the copy, like a different edition, or you could buy like an upgrade. So, so what, mm-hmm. what in your opinion, Drew, is, is like exactly double dipping? What do you consider double dipping and what do you consider to be just like maybe upgrading? So I would say for me, double dipping, um, I feel like you can kind of consider upgrading double dipping in a way because you generally wouldn't upgrade that movie unless you really did enjoy it the first time. Because if you didn't enjoy it, then you wouldn't be like, okay, let me go get a better transfer of the movie that I don't like. So in a way, to me, that's double dipping. But I feel like you truly get into double dipping when you start being getting like collectors editions of DVDs. Um, like especially like I am an ET lover, and ET has been out for fifty years. So I mean, there's a twentieth anniversary, there's a fortieth anniversary. I have four different steel books. Uh, there's a there's a tenth anniversary DVD thing that I have. So it's just like I feel like over the time there's a lot of collectors events, and I mean even like especially with DVD and Blu-ray, I feel like there's so many cool DVD collector sets that a lot of people don't see or don't look up because they're everyone's focused on Blu-ray. So when you do find a DVD set set that's actually really cool, I think it, I think I think it's hard not to snag it if you truly do like generally love that movie. Yeah, um, and there's been movies that I've carried from, you know, DVD to Blu-ray to 4K mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. like uh, I've got Texas Chainsaw Massacre on DVD and blu-ray and 4k um mm-hmm. although the blu-ray i don't have like a specific version of it like the blu-ray that i have of it came with the uh with the um 4ks that i have okay, but yeah but i've got like uh it's like the 10th anniversary or fi- no not 10th it wouldn't be 10th uh maybe like the 20th anniversary or something of it on dvd and mm-hmm. um that that carried me for a long time and then when uh, the 4Ks got announced from Dark Sky Films and from Second Sight. Um, that's my biggest like double dip. I bought both of those. Nice. Um, I got the uh, the Dark Sky Steelbook 
and I got the big giant box set from Second Sight. And I still want to go back and get the Dark Sky slipcover version as well, just so I can have it oh. because Texas Chainsaw is one of my favorite um is one of my favorite films, uh horror films. And then its sequel, Texas Chainsaw Two, I've got um I've got it on DVD and then I've got it on Blu-ray through Arrow Video, which is a Region B Blu-ray. And there's all, Arrow Video also has a box set version of it on Blu-ray that okay. I would um, 100% buy in a heartbeat if I found it. Okay. And then Scream Factory also releases it through through Blu-ray, uh, but it's out of print. And if I found that with the slipcover, I would 100% buy it as well. And uh, then I've got the Vinegar Syndrome set for it on 4K. Oh, nice. Nice. So Yes. So I think that that right there is, I consider that double dipping 100%. Because, and it's cool too, because I really do like, maybe not everyone feels like this. And especially if you have 4K, you might as well see it in the best possible version. But sometimes I think a good example of this for me is the Goonies. Sometimes I want to watch the Goonies on DVD. I want I want to see that grain. I want to feel the nostalgia of how it looked when I watched it for the first time. So it's like when you do watch Blu-ray and then you occasionally 4K, the transfer is just getting better and better. The quality is getting better and better. And obviously it looks really cool and it's and it's way more like, I don't know, just better in ways and like especially with the lighting and stuff but at the same time sometimes i just want to pop in that dvd and experience that like i did for the first time so i think that's another p- fun part of collecting in so many different formats when you go and rewatch it you can choose which format you would like to watch it in so watching movies and like getting that nostalgia hit i'm glad i'm not the only one who does that but i do that probably a little more to the extreme so yeah. my my setup I've got currently right above me, right above my computer desk is a mounted a 65 inch Sony X 900 H 4k TV. And then beside of it on top of my mini fridge, I've got a little like, this is probably 20 inches Magnavox, uh, bubble screen, fat back uh, box, (laughs) four by four by three aspect ratio square TV. With a, and coming out from that, I have a DVD player, like just a DVD player and a VHS player. And I have a bunch of VHSs. I still love to watch VHS. The last time that I watched Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom, last time I watched Karate Kid, last time I watched Dirty Dancing, all those were on VHS. Um, Wow. I, I love watching on tape. And my wife and I actually like to watch like, cause it's like that TV is like right in front of our bed. So mm-hmm. we like to like watch old, like 90s sitcoms on it. It's kind of like, Oh yeah. Kicking it in bed and, and like taking ourselves back to the nineties. We'll shut off all of our other technology and just kind of decompress, mm-hmm. like use it as a decompression. And like, so like sitting next to the DVD player, I've got the uh, shout factory box set of the nanny with Fran Drescher. Ooh, okay. Yeah. that we've, we've been going through on the DVD player. And it's just, it's fantastic to sit there and go through uh, old shows and stuff. We, we were talking about like, like building our television collection of sitcoms and stuff. And, uh, and, and when we go through one, like when we get to the nanny, I think we're going to get um, 
maybe like grounded for life or oh okay that's a good one or something like that so yeah like in the case of like, like that's a really interesting point to double dip. Like that you say is that you, sometimes you want to see that grain and stuff. And in some aspects I can see that on a modern TV, but at the same time, when you put a DVD in a 4k player, it, right. it still up it and makes it look great. Mm-hmm. Like I watched, mm-hmm. I've only got Willy Wonka and the chocolate factory, the original one. I've only got it on DVD. And we watched it the other night. We watched it whenever they showed the new trailer for the new Wonka movie. Okay. And I put that shit in my PS5 and I was like, oh my gosh, this looks like a Blu-ray. Like yeah. the what the fuck? Yeah, like the well the the um the the technologicals like up resing that the 4K player mm-hmm. and the PS5 can do and, and then in my TV, it looked it literally looked like a Blu-ray. I mean, and I checked my TV settings, it was playing it in 1080p, not the 480 or 720 that a dvd can do and i was like okay so that right there even made me feel more confident that dvd is still viable like yeah mm-hmm. yeah no one yeah no one can hate on another person for collecting dvds because even even put it in a just a regular blu-ray player nevertheless a 4k player i still think it heightens it up a little bit so it's like dvd is definitely sometimes the best way to go in certain choices i mean i know my uh one of my disc replays sometimes they'll have buy six dvds get six free and i go i just go in because i'm like that's six free movies and a lot of times like i'll get i'll get like my comedies on dvd because i'm like i don't really need to have those and like blu-ray and like you said i have i have a 4k player so you put that in the 4k and it brightens it up and makes it look even better than it's supposed to be but but with you getting talking about that hat that tv that you have it kind of makes me want to i have no room for it so i'm gonna have to wait till we move but i want to get something like this then it truly will take you all the way back to what it used to look like and i think that's really cool and i think that's really important to like keep around because i just think that's a it's a really good way to see film i guess you know and see how far we've come when you compare it you know it, yeah, it is. And uh, there's something, especially with like VHS tapes and stuff, man, there's right. so, there's something to be said. If you're watching a VHS tape, and I'm not going to try to sit here and tell you that it's even comparable to a Blu-ray or whatever. But like if yeah. you're watching a VHS tape on a decent enough television with a decent enough VHS player and the, the tape is in good enough quality, it can look really nice. Like it can mm-hmm. it can still like look like comparable to like maybe dvd but mm-hmm. even still it, even if it doesn't even if it's not quite dvd quality because like i mean like in reality the jump between vhs and dvd wasn't that much um it yeah. wasn't near as drastic as the jump between dvd and blu-ray mm-hmm. but the um the quality of a vhs tape to this day i still think looks great and uh i actually really really want to get a fucking laser disc player i've been looking really? and looking for a decent uh, price on a laserdisc player for so long dude i want to get into laserdisc collecting more than I, anything. I i never never even knew about laserdisc like at all until i started collecting dvds and i started getting more involved and i saw i can't i can't remember what his name was but he was talking about laserdisc and i was like what in in the world and he was showing his setup and where everything went and stuff and it looks so cool but 
Oh my gosh. See, that's why I don't want to collect VHS either, because it's just such a rabbit hole, man. Because, like, I know my grandparents have their entire VHS collection still, and that's what I used to watch, like, growing up. I, I would be at their house every weekend, pretty much, and I watched Pete's Dragon all the time on VHS, man. I watched uh, Fox and the Hound, all these amazing titles, and I just know somehow that's going to be coming my way eventually, and I feel like I'm going to be like, all right, well, it's time to start collecting VHS, so I'm going to wait until that moment happens, and then I'll start diving into VHS. I, uh, my, do you ever go thrifting? Yeah, yeah, I go thrifting with my wife a decent amount. She she loves to go thrifting. Um, If I were you, dude, I would, I would go ahead and start now and just start in thrift stores. Like, don't tell me that don't tell me that well here's here's why i say that it's because um with thrifting or with with vhs collecting it's starting to become like vinyl now and so unless it's like a majorly popular vhs that was like you know that millions of them were produced uh they're getting more and more expensive to to get and even stuff like even even thrift stores like Goodwills, um, yeah, which you know three years ago couldn't unload a VHS on a customer, now yeah. they're starting to slightly raise their prices on VHS tapes because wow. of the, they're noticing that the collector's market is coming in, wiping them out of them, and they're like, oh, we can make some money off of this. Yeah, damn, that's crazy. Look so, at that. Look at physical me- media slowly making a comeback, and I. I I definitely can see it happening, and I, the there was a Christopher Nolan clip that he was just in an interview, and he was talking about why you should buy physical media, and I hope that opens a lot of new eyes to physical media in general, and just knowing that the streaming services they take away and so much where the 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 control over the quality and the colors and even it's buffering the whole time too you got to think like you're not getting as much frames as you really think you are like so to have it on that blu-ray or 4k or even dvd it's just so much better and it's at the it's at your fingertips so i can't believe vhs is really selling like that so i don't know maybe i will i mean I definitely need ET on VHS, so I'll keep an eye out for that for sure. We're gonna double dip some more. <laughs> the uh, the the streaming argument is really interesting to me because I can see, I, I mean, streaming definitely has its place, and um, there's sure. you know, and I'm not gonna sit here and, and try to say streaming is better than physical media, but at the same time, I have seen movies on streaming that. I don't think physical media there's ever been a physical media release of them that have been as good. Like, yeah. do you have Disney plus? Yes. Okay. So the Marvel movies on Disney plus are all streaming in Dolby vision, IMAX enhanced. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. And that, that right there, if you have the internet to, to get the full capability of that is better than a 4k disc. In my opinion, it, the, the Dolby vision on it. And then the IMAX enhancement looks insanely mm-hmm. good on those MCU flicks. Um, yeah. but that's probably about the only, uh, example that I can give of a time that streaming got one up on physical media. Um, yeah. but yeah, dude, the, the VHS and stuff like they're getting more expensive. It's, it's going to be more money than you're going to want to pay for a copy of anything on VHS eventually. Um, yeah. 
and even these movies that are like you know like gosh saving private ryan they probably like i went to my thrift store a few months ago and they had like four copies of that laying on the freaking uh thing and i'm like on the shelf and i bought one of them and it was like a dollar or 50 cents or some shit like that and so but but i guarantee you probably in three years if this vhs collector's market you know keeps up that movie is going to be like three bucks for sure so right now is definitely i think the time if you're going to get into it and and it's really interesting too because it's like with vhs collecting in particular there's not even a um it's there's not even like a technical reason to it because like like i said the quality isn't isn't even usually comparable to dvd i mean it's Mm -hmm. it's it's it could still be good but it's not it's not usually dvd quality um but like with vinyl and stuff like it's very clear that analog sound from vinyl is way better than a digital uh, pressed CD or yeah. d- digital yeah. bit rates of the music streaming. So vi- vinyl is, is the best and clearest way to listen to music. And that, that's why it has such a enthusiast uh, market for collectors uh, if with, with that. Um, so a lot of people don't realize why VHS has that collector's market when it's not comparable to the current standard of physical media and it's not better than it's not comparable to it and to that i say it's it's all nostalgia it's 100 percent nostalgia 100 100 i mean that's why i would do it i mean that just i remind i remember dude one of the one of the worst feelings is putting in a movie and realizing that you didn't rewind it the last time you watched it and then you're like well now i gotta wait for this thing to rewind before i can watch it and i did it to myself you can only blame yourself that's the worst part i still have that issue where i still watch vhs's so there's like there's been a lot of times because like i the the tv that i have set up has only been set up for a couple um a couple months now uh and i had all my vhs tapes packed up and, and like three-fourths of them are still packed up i only got out like one or two boxes and displayed and um because i've got like a buttload of vhs tapes but i would go to watch one and i'm like god damn it i didn't rewind it (laughs) yeah dude it's the fucking worst (laughs) but that that comes with the territory and that's just even more nostalgia for you you know (laughs) my my grandmother has one of those separate vhs rewinding machines and Okay. And, and I asked her if I could have it and she wouldn't give it to me because she still watches VHS tapes with like home videos and stuff. Oh, that's awesome. So, cause we have a bunch of like home videos. And so, yeah. um, I made her put it in her will that I get it. <laughs> Hell yeah. Put that shit down grandma. Huh? <laughs> yeah. I'm like that, that will that's be awesome, mine. <laughs> yeah. She's, that's she's fucking awesome. Um, but yeah, so I mean like upgrading of course is one way to double dip and everything and, and all that. Um, what about like, all right, so there's been a couple instances where I've actually got literally the same exact copy of a movie on, on, on my shelf, like not a different edition or anything like that. It's the same one. one. So down by law on criterion was one of the, was one of the first criterions that I bought myself. And I had it for a long time. And then a few years later, my stepmother, who knows that I love that movie, also bought it for me for, uh, for, for like my birthday or Christmas or something. Okay. 
And at the time, I didn't, uh, I didn't remember that I owned it already. Yeah. And so I had put it on the shelf and here it has been like two years later, maybe three years later. Uh, and somebody in my TikTok comment section asked me, they saw it on my shelf. They asked me, what's with two copies of down by law. And I went and looked, I was like, Holy shit, I do. So I just, <laughs> I just gave one of those away. Um, to some to one of my TikTok viewers in a giveaway for my 1000 followers uh nice. which if you're not following us on TikTok do that y'all come on now do it um and then i've got a copy of um army of darkness on the shelf two of them that are the same okay. copy because i won one of them in a giveaway from another film talker okay and that one that I won, I'm going to give away in another giveaway. Um, nice. Keep giving, baby. You love it. Yeah. So, and then I've also got, um, this is another interesting thing. So, like, uh, movie collection packs. Like, when you go and you get, like, a movie that's, like, in, like, you know, with four other movies, you know? Yeah. So, I've got um, Stephen King's The Shining, the, Stan- the Stanley Kubrick film. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got it standalone. And then I was in my record store uh, about a year ago and I found um, this like great, like four or five pack that came with the shining it Salem's lot. And I think cat's eye. Okay. And so I've got the shining twice now and it's the same disc. It's just a different, mm-hmm. like it doesn't have the same artwork or anything because it's in a five pack. Um, okay. Yeah. I think I, I think I have a couple of those. I have kind of the same situation that happened to you with one. Uh, last year, Tar was my favorite film of the year, and I bought it immediately as soon as I could. And then my the like next week, my my two other friends that I got into, uh, well, I got them more into starting to want to collect DVDs. They bought it for me because they knew how much I liked it, and so now I have two copies. So I uh, and I was gonna originally give it give it away a, a while ago, but. It got lost under a bunch of other random stuff, and I recently was cleaning and found it and totally forgot it existed. So I might have to give give that away here soon because Tar is awesome and it has a slipcover and it's a fire slipcover. And you know me, I'm not a huge slipcover guy. So, um, and then I have the same situation you were talking about, but with Stanley Kubrick. I bought a like a six or seven pack stanley kubrick ultimate collector's edition has like the shining lolita um barry linden um uh, just like all of his like major projects it has in there full metal jacket so and then i have full metal jacket on 4k i believe and then i have the shining in blu-ray already before that i had it like on its own and then i'm pretty sure i'm trying i'm trying to get the shining on 4k honestly um but i'm trying to wait till it goes down in price maybe and then there's some oh the herald i got a herald and kumar like four pack that had all four of them but i already had the uh herald and kumar go to white castle or it's it's i think it's all three and then the fourth movie is like beer fest or some shit i don't know but um I hate it when yeah. they do that. I hate it when they yeah, do that. Yeah, I don't know. I just do the three Kumar movies. I don't know. Right. 
Because I said four, I was like, there's only three Kumar movies, right? Yeah. Um, I've got this uh, four pack that has the three Lost Boys movies, and then they threw in Queen of the Damned because it was another vampire movie that that Warner Brothers owned. Just keep it at the three Lost Boys movies. (laughs) Right. Which I actually got. I got the that Lost Boys DVD pack for Christmas last year, and I've never seen the second or third one. And I know, I know they are terrible. Awful. We should see. We should see if we can hop into Discord together or something and watch them together in October. We can talk about them. Oh, dude, I think that'd be fun. I haven't got to talk to you about October yet, man. Me and Zed are planning like so. So for the for for the months of October and December, Masters yeah. is going to be lit man okay hell yeah like hell yeah every episode for the months of october and december are going to be on halloween and horror or christmas movies in specific like every hell single yeah. episode so i'm here for it that's like, exciting hell yeah let's go but yeah we, we will see if we can uh if we can do a, a watch party thing uh maybe one of us can figure out how to hook a dvd player up to our computer and share our screen yeah. over it or something i don't know yeah, I think I think I could be able to. I have two monitors, so I think I could throw it up on one of my monitors and then just share my screen to the Discord. So I'll I'll try to I'll try to mess with it. Um I was gonna say the only other like way that I double dip is through steelbooks and I guess boutique labels. Cause I mean, especially where me and you are huge big Lebowski fans, I can guarantee that you own the movie already, but I can guarantee we're both probably going to get the 25th anniversary 4K collector's edition probably from the one, Groove, right? I already got it pre-ordered, baby. I already got yeah, it pre-ordered. See, you, already, you already have it pre-ordered. So so anything that happens with like boutique labels or collector's editions or 4K, but steelbooks, I feel like are my main source of double dipping. Like I have a couple Goonie steelbooks. I have... The E.T. steelbooks, I have a couple uh, Die Hard steelbooks and Shaun of the Dead. So it's like, I feel like steelbooks is a really good way to double dip just because that because the art is different. And that's why I like steelbooks so much is because the art on the front and the back and the inside, it just adds a whole nother layer to the movie and to the whole another side of collecting. I think it's so funny. It's like a collection within collecting in DVDs. So um yeah, I love the steelbooks. I love getting multiple versions of them, and I love doing videos where I can go through them and just show how different they are. It's 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 pretty fun. Yeah the uh, the only copy of Lebowski that I own is on Steelbook Blu-ray. I don't have the the regular 4K or on DVD at all. Okay, I would love to get it on tape though. I want to get it on yeah, VHS really dude. Bad. VHS that would be sick. Yeah um but like i uh i have that like a few years ago walmart did like these like steelbooks that are like comic book pages and a lot of people in our community Mm -hmm. hate on them so bad but i really like them and the big lebowski one is super sick and i've got i've got that one um but i want i i would 100 percent double dip lebowski if i could find the bowling ball set have you seen that one? The 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 steel book, like or like the is it or is it like a whole set with bowling? What are you talking about? The so it's got it's got a copy of the Blu-ray and then it's got an outer case that's literally a plastic bowling ball. It's the, no. it's the, it's the dude's bowling ball. What? 
Yeah. That's sick. <laughs> I haven't I haven't seen that. No, that's crazy. I would buy that in an instant. <laughs> yeah, dude. My buddy Chris has it, like, because he's a big, uh, he's a huge Big Lebowski fan. Um, uh, which, if if you guys don't know, Big Lebowski is literally one of my top three favorite movies. It, it's 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 that high on the list for me. Um, but Chris is also like that. But Chris doesn't collect physical media. But Chris is also a professional bowler. He's like, in, oh, okay. He's like in PBA and shit. And okay. so, um, he, uh, some of his teammates got him that that set because they all call him the dude because he is a stoner with long hair and a scraggly beard. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So, um, and he bowls. And he bowls. He he rolls on Shabbos. <laughs> he rolls on Shabbos. <laughs> But, oh my god yeah, dude, yeah that, dude that sounds sick oh the whole is it like an actual bowling ball size or is it like a miniature bowling ball size it's it's not as big as a bowling ball though okay okay but it's okay, uh that'd be real intense yeah dude imagine imagine uh being able to actually use it as a bowling ball that'd be crazy yeah but be able to bowl with it and you could probably go duck pin bowling with it though mm-hmm that miniature version yeah probably but yeah dude like that set set sick as shit and i told him i said if you because he knows that i'm a major physical media collector i says if you die before me that's mine <laughs> that, yeah go ahead and make a will and let that be the only thing that you need to be taken care of so i can get that please <laughs> I, i'm i'm the i'm the godfather to this man's children but i was like I was like, I'll take that over your kids. <laughs> yeah. Forget the kids, man. Just give me the big Lebowski bowling ball collector's edition, please. <laughs> um, I just thought of this actually for double dipping. Um I'm sure there's some movies that have uh different releases for different cuts of the movie. The movie that I'm staring at right now is Apocalypse Now. I have all three versions. I have the I have the final cut, the director's cut, and the, um, what's it called? The Redo. Redux. Re yeah, yeah. I have that version as well in DVD. So that's another movie or instance where maybe double dipping is, is nice because you now have yeah. all different cuts of the movie. So, mm -hmm. and the, and that is with Apocalypse Now, I think, I think the extended cut has almost 30 more minutes of film. And then the, and then the, uh, the the director's cut, which is which is what Francis suggests people watch. He's like, that's what I had in mind. That's my masterpiece. Is the is the director's cut, the final cut. Um, that's a little shorter than the the extended version, but it's still longer than the uh, theatrical version. So, I um, have, no, that's that's really cool. I have all three versions as well. Um, they're in a nice box set from Lionsgate that, and they're all in 4k and it's okay, an yeah. amazing box set, dude. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I have that box set. Yeah. The 40th <laughs> anniversary edition. Yeah. 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 I have that. Yeah. I have that. I didn't, I didn't understand that it had all three versions of it. I thought, I thought like two of them were bonus discs or something. I didn't really look at it that much. Nope, they're all all three versions are in 4K, which is something that's so rare too. That yeah, that whenever like like most of them will be like, okay, well you can have theatrical in 4K and then the other two in Blu-ray. 
so so it's crazy that they gave us that they gave us all of them in in 4k yeah because i have the um i have the you were talking about snapper cases the last Mm -hmm. time i was with you i have the redux version in in a snapper case that's why i fucking snagged it let me let me let me see this uh this version you got of apocalypse now i mean i'm gonna see uh, yeah this is the one you were talking about yes sir yeah yeah i love that nice it's a yeah dude it's nice the colors are really cool the artwork is hella cool but yeah we got the final cut yeah redux both 4k and blu-ray jeez and then the fucking special features yeah i need to get on oh you know what i need to watch in this box set man is the is the documentary hearts of darkness yeah that goes that i need to watch that man i've heard great things about that and i really really like apocalypse now i watched this on i watched this a couple times but last new year's my wife was working all night because she works at a bar and uh i didn't really want to do anything so my uh my uh fried ass watches uh i watch apocalypse now and by the time that the it turned to like the next day was when marlon brando was fucking going like this down his down his bald head and it's like the second like the last part starts and i was like i was like a little nerd i was like hell yeah i got like an hour left <laughs> i was already watching it for like two hours <laughs> it's like it's just getting good let's go <laughs> that movie apocalypse now for as for as long as it is is one of those movies that i'm like from start to beginning it never really slows down oh no it, it is so good it just gets better and better they get deeper and deeper into that the, that river and jungle and it's just more chaos and more chaos when they get to that part where they try to get more supplies and it's like the last like last like outpost that the americans have before it goes too far and like there's no captain and like all these soldiers are just like going crazy and just shooting and no one knows who's in charge and and no one knows if they're leaving no one's coming to pick them up they're just like literally in limbo like that scene honestly fucking terrifies me like that's how that war was it was so all over the place and there's no organization and and these young men were just left out there and i was just like holy shit this is fucking crazy man that that last that last little part's like a like a horror movie almost because it's just crazy yeah you're talking about the part where they're like the they're trying to guard that bridge like yes they, they mm-hmm. keep blowing up the bridge and then uh mm-hmm. the the Viet Cong keep rebuilding it and it's like mm-hmm a game to them like they're they're trying to they they have to keep blowing this bridge up and then every single time they blow it up they just rebuild it and it's like mm-hmm. yeah that's that's like madness right there it's it's maddening yeah it, it truly is but, but yeah, gonna... i don't know if there's any other movies that are like that to where they have those different cuts that are released separately like that and then eventually all in one thing but well i know um, one that you love but before i say that yeah blade runner (laughs) blade runner but before we get into blade runner i want to i want to say something very controversial okay here we go i think that apocalypse now is francis ford coppola's best film i think it is leagues better than godfather could ever hope to be i even think that outsiders is better than godfather 
Oh, oh, damn, bro. That is, I was with you on Apocalypse Now because I personally fucking think that movie is like a masterpiece in my eyes. But The Outsiders, you're going with The Outsiders over The Godfather? Yes, I am. I mean, The Outsiders because is very good, but here's uh, here here's my reasoning. Apocalypse Now, masterpiece. Um, Outsiders, also masterpiece. Godfather, fantastic film, but not a masterpiece, in my opinion. Now, Godfather yeah. Two, masterpiece. Godfather, oh, okay. Godfather One, great film, wonderful film, love it. Marlon Brando as as Don Corleone is legendary, but it wasn't a masterpiece. And, okay. and and Brando's performance in Godfather was better than his performance in Apocalypse Now. But everything else about Apocalypse Now, it makes that like, okay, if Godfather is S tier, Apocalypse Now is God tier. Okay. Um Outsiders is also S tier though. I like that's why I put Apocalypse Now over it because I I love Outsiders, um, and and it's just so good. And then I also have you ever seen his uh, his first film, Dementia Thirteen? It's a horror film. No, I haven't. Um, Vestron Video puts that out. Lionsgate Vestron. Okay. okay. Um, that it's really good. It's like a murder mystery horror film. Um, Ooh. And it's I think it's for I think it's Coppola's first feature length movie um and it's very good i actually it's like logically or analytically thinking of it it's not like on the level of the of these others that we're talking about but it is in my eyes my enjoyment that i got out of it was very similar so i would say that that's like my fourth behind godfather for coppola's films yeah, I need to go a little deeper into Coppola's discography because I've only seen like the main ones, but I need to rewatch The Godfather and The Godfather Part Two because it has been a long time since I've seen both those. So I, uh, are you rocking are you are you going Scarface over The Godfather or are you still as the yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But to me, they're different. Like, so they are different. Yeah. So, so we actually had this discussion on a live, uh, like a week ago. Um, which if you guys aren't turning into, uh, our TikTok lives, uh, Drew doesn't really do them, but like I get on with like Nerdy Dustin uh, yeah. and OTS movies and Leo Zavala and stuff. Um, we had this discussion where we were talking about the best like mafia movie. And so many people were saying Scarface and I'm like, Scarface is amazing. Scarface is in my top three. So my top three favorite movies are the big Lebowski Scarface and the blues brothers. And so, but, but the thing is Scarface is not the same genre. It's not, you can't, you cannot put Scarface with the Godfather. It doesn't belong. It's not a mafia movie. It's not a mob movie. It's not a wise guys movie. It's a, it's a gangster flick. Yes, but it's not, it's not the same. It's not type of gangster. Yeah. It's not your 1940s or 50s, you know, forget about it. Sleep with the fishes type gangster. You know, it's, it's different. Um, So Godfather, if we're going to compare gangster flicks, you're going to compare Godfather with like Goodfellas, Goodfellas, the the untouchables, uh, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So I think Godfather is probably, 
if we're talking about just like the film itself, like the the like analytically analyzing and deconstructing the film, Godfather is obviously one of the best films ever made. Yeah. Um, the writing in it, the direction, the cinematography, the acting is all incredible and it all works together but there there are some serious downsides to it it doesn't it has hard a hard time keeping people's attention that's very yeah. that's a very common problem yeah. um it, it, godfather is kind of like watching a stage play in a way mm-hmm. um scarface has got a lot more action in it and it's got a lot more um relatability there there's a lot more uh it's not trying to focus on such a wide thing because the Godfather, the yes, it is about Don Corleone. It's also about the the Corleone family, you know. So yeah. it's it's trying mm-hmm. to character build a lot of people, and it does mm-hmm. this whole this whole thing over the course of three films. Um, Scarface is able to speed that process up and character build Tony and Manny and Gina and uh, God. Michelle Pfeiffer's uh, uh, character, her name, whatever her name was, uh, it, it's it's building these characters a lot quicker, and yeah. it, and it just it as a whole, I think that while it might not be a better story overall, it's a better film to watch. Like if if I'm gonna sit down and just want to watch a movie, I'm gonna watch Scarface. If I want to sit down yeah. and have like a full plate of a day of film and cinema, I'm going to sit down and watch the Godfather. Yeah. And, and if, I'm, saying. if I'm going to watch the Godfather, I'm going to watch the whole trilogy. Yeah, that too. That's a, it's like a dedication. You don't just don't want, you just don't watch the Godfather and call it quits. You gotta, right. you gotta watch the other two. You gotta watch the whole story play out because you are right. They're trying art. They're trying to de- depict like basically like the rise and fall of that whole family, not just one person. Whereas Scarface is, yeah, it's just that one person that we're watching the rise and fall of. And, and yeah. And, and, and I think De Palma does is such a good director for a story like that. Cause he just loves to go for it, man. I, I, it, it reminds me almost of blowout that epic ending of blowout. I mean, he just knows how to build a story. In that in that short amount of time, so yeah, I I I can't say definitively that I'm a big fan of De Palma himself. I I don't know. I've never seen Blowout. I don't know if I've ever even seen another De Palma film other than Scarface. I should really? be, I I yeah. should because Scarface is like I said, it's it's in my top three. But I when I said my top three earlier, I just want to make it clear those are not those are interchangeable. Like I don't have a top one. I I can't mm-hmm. I can't distinguish those out of the top three. I don't hold any of those in a higher regard than the other. But I think that uh, with with the Palma, I don't think I've ever really watched another or, or really like really really sat down and watched another De Palma film. I can't I couldn't name you another De Palma film. You never seen Carrie, the original Carrie? Okay, I have seen Carrie. Um, there not you a, go. That's not, De Palma. Not a huge fan. Uh, it's fine. Like it's it's a it's they're fine. The it and the yeah. remake were both okay movies. Um, I, I would put them on my shelf. Let me put it that way. I, I, I curate my shelf pretty strictly. Um, so I, I would put Carrie on my shelf. Um, but I don't currently have it on my shelf. 
Another good De Palma movie is Carlito's Way. That's really, really good. That's Al Pacino. Al Pacino. I have seen that one, but it's been a very long time. Yeah, no, it, that Carlito's Way is fucking awesome. So is Blowout. And then he has another one, Dressed to Kill, and that's on Criterion. I have that one, and that one was uh, pretty, pretty fucking good too. And then the untu- the uh, Untouchables. You you can mention that. That's De Palma too. Yeah, it's been a really long time since I've seen Untouchables as well. I haven't seen Untouchables yet. I've only seen saw Dress to Kill, Carrie, Scarface, Blowout, Carlitos Way, and Mission Impossible. He did the first Mission Impossible. I'm not a Mission Impossible fan. Yeah, I, I mean, there's, that's sacrilegious there's seven of to them, say. so I don't blame you, but I think they're a lot of fun. I, I like them, but I mean, I I just hopped on the train. I, I've only seen one, and then the other month I watched all six of them so I could go watch the seventh one in theater. And uh, it was a fun journey. I enjoyed it. Really good action. I think I think uh, I think Fallout's probably my favorite. But. Yeah, I I've seen the first. I think I've only I own the first three on DVD, but I think I've only ever seen the first the very first one. That's it. That's 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 De Palma right there. Well, you've seen a couple of his movies, but just not for a very long time, it sounds like. <laughs> I, I also didn't realize that they were his movies either. So, Just the first one, just the first Mission Impossible. Mm. They're all well, directed by different people except the last like couple. I've been directed by the Queen. I didn't realize that um, Carrie uh, or The Untouchables or Carlito's Way were De Palma either. <laughs> yeah, he has a lot of sleepers. Yeah, he's been around. Um but yeah, dude, the, you were mentioning Blade Runner though has a couple of those uh, versions, and I think I only have two. I think I have the 4K cut of it, the vinyl cut, and then I have the DVD version of the um, uh, not the theatrical release. What's the other one that they did? The director's cut. Maybe it was just a director's cut, but it's a snapper case too, and it has uh, the like white pony on it. It's pretty cool. So artwork. I had to look it up. I think there's I think there's four um versions. Let me go to the wiki here. All right. So oh my god, dude. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven versions of Blade Runner. Damn. So in 1982, there was the work print prototype, which there is a DVD set that has that on it, and I really want to get it. In 1982, there was also the San Diego sneak preview, which I don't think has even been released on physical media. Then there's the U.S. theatrical cut in 1982, and then also 1982, the international theatrical release, uh, which are different. The The international cuts out. Um, I, it's one of them. Either the U.S. or the international cuts out like a, a lot of the blood and stuff. Uh okay. 86 uh the movie went to broadcast uh so there's the broadcast tv cut which i i wouldn't i wouldn't put that in the same category i mean every every movie eventually usually gets a a broadcast cut um and then 92 the director's cut in 2007 ridley scott went back and remastered it and changed the coloration of it everything and made the final cut um i there is not a box set out there that collects all of them on 4k or even Blu-ray. I think the only box set that collects them is on DVD and it collects the final cut director's cut U S and international cuts and the, um, work print cut. Damn. 
That's crazy. I did not. I did not realize that there were that many cuts. I knew there was. I thought there was like three, not six, seven. If you include That's the, uh, if you include the broadcast TV cut. That's fucking wild. Good for them. Really, Scott doing it up. Yes, sir. I, uh, I've only ever seen the director's cut and the final cut. My my the first time I ever saw it, uh, I saw it on DVD. My dad owns the director's cut. And I don't remember it. I remember that it was a lot more blue, um, like the coloration. And uh, when I saw the final cut in 4K, uh, they went with a lot more like orange and red, Um, which to his credit, it it looks it does look a lot better, uh, in my opinion. I know some people some people are fidgety on that, Um, but it's. I don't know, man. I I enjoy I enjoyed both cuts, but I think that that the final cut is the definitive Blade Runner cut. It's it is the one that because like you got to think, man. When in, in the nineteen eighties, early nineteen eighties, when when Scott cut this movie and made this movie, he probably had a bigger vision than the technology allowed him to mm-hmm. show. Yeah. So by two thousand seven, there was more CG technology and everything. Uh, that allowed him to make the movie better. And I think there's an argument there that you can make a movie better if the director goes back and fixes it. But then on the other end, you look at like George Lucas going back and mm-hmm. fucking with star Wars like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like yeah. star Wars fans fucking hate it. Mm-hmm. But really Ridley Scott did the same thing. I mean, Yeah. It happens. I feel like it happens more times than people do realize. And I think, I think as long as it's the director that's going back and fixing it for himself, then obviously it was on purpose. And I feel like, especially if there's like still ways out there to watch the other cuts, then it shouldn't really matter because you can always watch those. And I know like people that have like, there's people out there that have like the original VHS like copy of the star wars which isn't even in the same cut as the theatrical one so it's like i don't know it's so it's so whitewash or like so like wishy-washy and like uh i just think as long as the director is the one doing it and it's not like the studio or anything like that i feel like then that's okay especially like ridley scott i mean i'm sure it's crazy like alien was made before blade runner and alien looks phenomenal he went back and and did amazing work to that movie to bring out all those colors and all those technology gadgets he had. And I don't know that, that, that movie on 4k is just amazing. I I love the way it looks. I think he did a good job with that too. Still need to get alien on 4k, but like, that's the difference though. isn't it like you can still buy a theatrical version of blade runner on DVD. Like you can find Mm -hmm. it on eBay. It's still out there. Like, Mm -hmm. But the theatrical cut of Star Wars was never released on home media. Never released. No, it's the, wild. The the like even like it's so crazy to think that with Star Wars after the theatrical cut, their first home media release on VHS was edited from the theatrical cut. Yeah, that's right insane. Away. That's insane. I mean, yeah, I. I now it's like it's like everyone that saw in theaters, man. They they seen something different. I, I it's like I wanna I wanna know I wanna know what it was. <laughs> I wanna be there 
experience that i feel like that question gets asked kind of it's like what movie would you go and experience like opening night if you could and i feel like i feel like I would sit down and think about it more, but Star Wars, the original Star Wars opening night, that'd probably be up there for me because that was probably fucking amazing. The energy, everyone losing their minds, seeing those, seeing that kind of space for the first time and how good it looked for the time. And I think it was just leagues ahead of where they were during that time period. And I just, I would have been loved to have been a part of that and to feel that for the first time think if i was ever the ceo of disney my first like executive order with my yeah. 300 million dollar salary would be to release the theatrical <laughs> cut of star wars on 4k <laughs> he said he said do it <laughs> do it <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> execute order 66 <laughs> yeah give me the theatrical release please you got my yes. you got my vote <laughs> I got the job. I'm the man yeah. for the job. Uh, yep. <laughs> I, I would. I would. I would take the two. The, the two three hundred million dollars a year. Work there for five minutes. Make that order. And they'd be like, "All right, I'm out. Peace. I'm out. Yeah. I'm done. I got I my bag. I, to do. I got my bag. I got. Oh no. I'd probably also like sell the physical media rights to all the 20th Century Fox library to like various boutique labels as well yeah like i probably nice. probably distribute it like amongst like criterion and and kino lorber and shit like that yeah and but Spread the wealth you know yeah yeah just try to just try to you know get get some of these titles out of here because like a lot of these titles will think about it man we'll probably never fucking see again because disney's probably gonna yeah. vault them it's like yeah i mean ridiculous. fuck dude or I I thought there was supposed to be like a little like exciting news about Dogma, and I haven't heard anything recently. So I know that's like under wraps right now because Mr. Weinstein. So loser. As far as Dogma goes, and I'll briefly cover this. I got a little more information on that. Um, <clears throat> take everything I'm saying with a grain of salt. So yeah. I have a friend and he's actually should be coming on the podcast soon his name is eric you can follow him on tiktok at indie producer at i-n-d-e-e producer i believe uh eric works for mvd and he is the curator for the mvd rewind collection and so he is very tuned into the industry so apparently like two years ago, MVD was in negotiations to get the rights for Dogma. And at the time, uh, Bob Weinstein was the one who was negotiating for it. Mm-hmm. And they were about to get it. And then the Weinsteins pulled out of the last minute because something fell through. I didn't really understand what he was talking about when it fell through because it's a, it was a bunch of you know business jargon. Um, but, uh, the, he, when I, so my first ever viral video that I put on TikTok was when somebody in a Facebook group that I'm in for Kevin Smith, the world of Kevin Smith, they went mm-hmm. to a Q and a, and somebody had asked him about a sequel to dogma. And he had said, and this is like, this is a couple months ago. And somebody, and, and, and somebody asked him about that. And he said, um, that somebody has made an offer to Harvey Weinstein and Bob Weinstein that it looks like they're going to accept. And that's all we heard about it. 
and uh he also he he kevin himself and a bunch of his friends also like offered them like a million dollars for the movie and they denied it but um in that video i speculated i said now it could be arrow video because arrow releases mall rats but i really think my gut says lionsgate Mm -hmm. so about two months ago maybe a story came out that lionsgate i think it was in usa today lionsgate purchased a bunch of films from uh, the weinsteins including a bunch of the tarantino films they purchased kill bill one and two um Django Unchained, Jackie Brown, stuff like that. Wow, wow. I had a that I I had an even stronger inkling that they had also purchased Dogma with that purchase. Um and then I asked Eric if he had heard anything about it and he said he hasn't. So do not quote him on this people. Come on now. Yeah. But he did concur with my gut feeling that he thinks it's probably Lionsgate as well. So I uh, I have a really good feeling that it's Lionsgate. When did when did Dogma release? What what year? Ninety nine. Your guess is as good as mine. Let me see. That sounds right though. Dogma, yeah, ninety nine November yeah. November twelfth, nineteen ninety nine. So I mean, we're coming up on the twenty fifth anniversary, right? Soon. Hmm. I have a feeling that that's probably what Lionsgate's waiting for, and they'll probably do their nice 4K Steelbook Best Buy exclusive, whatever they're going to do for the 25th anniversary in 2024. Right? Yeah. So next year. Yep. That's that would be hype. That is what I believe will happen with Dogma. You think you think Lionsgate is going to be doing a bunch of like. 4K and Steelbook releases with those Tarantino films they bought and shit. 100%. You, yeah, because Lionsgate's been killing it with the Steelbooks recently. And they're not that expensive when they're released through Lionsgate. Like, usually like 20, 22 bucks. Mm-hmm. They, they own, they already owned um, Reservoir Dogs. They mm-hmm. don't, they do not own Pulp Fiction. I think that's Universal. No, it's, is it Warner Brothers? Uh, let's see. Oh, it's it's Miramax, but whoever Miramax is distributing it through, I don't know. I know they don't own Pulp Fiction. Um, okay. I really think that Pulp Fiction might be Universal, but uh, or distributed through Universal right now though. I could probably go and look on my um, shelf. I have the 4K Steelbook, but that's already got a 4K Steelbook that's not through Lionsgate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they did do Lionsgate did do um the uh reservoir dogs uh there was also a 4k best buy steelbook for uh, inglorious bastards Bastards, yeah i have that as well um but i don't know if lionsgate did that or not i don't know who owns no i think i'm pretty sure universal does own inglorious bastards um but yeah i i'm a hundred percent sure we within the next like two years we're probably gonna see both Kill Bills, Django, and Jackie Brown on 4K, all with those exclusive steelbooks. And I can't wait for them because I have yeah. um I have the Inglorious Bastards Pulp Fiction and the um Reservoir Dog Steels mm-hmm. all in 4K. So I'm trying to 
slowly while wait for all the all the Tarantino films to release in 4K on the Steelbooks. The only one I'm missing so far that's been released is the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood one, um, which I already have it on 4K. I have the slipcover version. Okay. Um, but I need that's another. I would double dip uh, if I found the the 4K Steelbook yeah. of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I would double dip on yeah. that. For sure, and that would be the same disc too, because they're both 4Ks. Because sometimes with my double dipping steel books, it'll be like an upgrade from Blu-ray to 4K, you know? Right. So, but I think I have the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood steel book, and it's all right. I mean, I thought they could have done a little more with it, but um, I just uh, I think the the Reservoir Dogs one is probably my favorite. Pulp is really good too, though. You wanna... I just love this. I love the slipcover, the ear thing with the yeah. dogs. That's like the coolest thing in the fucking world. It's so it's so creative. You you want to trade a standard copy of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood on 4K for the for the slip uh, for the still book? <laughs> oh, we'll see. And I have a, I have almost all his movies in Steelbook now. I only yeah. need I only need Django Unchained and Jackie Brown. Check your Walmart bin. Check your Walmart bin. Uh, Django, 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 Django. Uh, it's been the Steelbook has been showing him Walmart bins. What? Okay. Well, I know what I'm doing after this podcast ends. <laughs> I'm it's, going it, right to Walmart. It's it's only it's only Blu-ray, but yeah, that's um, fine. That's fine. I I haven't seen it in mine, but it has been showing up. So keep that in mind. Because I uh, ventured out to eBay to get the Kill Bill Volume 1 and Kill Bill Volume 2 on Steelbook. And I, I got them for a decent price. I didn't do anything crazy. So I needed that. And then I found the DVD version of uh, the Death Proof Steelbook. Uh, not Death. No, yeah. Yeah. Death Proof um, Steelbook. And it was, it, it, it's pretty sick. And I, and I honestly low-key like me some old DVD Steelbooks. I think they're really fun cool different and uh i don't know i kind of like them some people don't fuck with them because they're obviously bigger so they don't really go with all the other ones but i think that's kind of retro in a way they might be rare one day who knows i don't know i don't have any dv still books at all i got i got hitchcock i got i am legend i got dune and uh and then the death proof one. I think that's the only, the, those are the only ones I have. I don't have a lot, but usually if I spot them and uh, like the exchange or something, they're usually only like three or five dollars too. So I'm just like, fuck it. I'm going to get it. Nice. But yeah, I would, I would 100% if I could find the once upon a ho- once upon a time in Hollywood steel book 4k, it had, it'd have to be the 4k, not the Blu-ray. Uh, but yeah. I would, I would 100% double dip that shit because I, it's my goal to get, all of the uh, Tarantino 4K, 4K steelbooks. Okay. Okay. See, I don't. Maybe mine's not the 4K version. I would have to look. It might be the Blu-ray version. If you, I don't think it was that expensive. I think I'm. I think we're gonna end it here, folks. We're uh, we're a little bit over an hour, which is our goal. Um, yes. This has been an awesome conversation. We went a little off track. We we sat down with the intent to <laughs> to start to talk about double dipping, which we got some good double dip conversation in. But I mean, oh, we did. We did. That, that's what happens with the masters. We we it's more of a genuine conversation rather than a structured episode, which is what I appreciate. Yes. So, all right. Thanks everybody for watching. Have a great week. Bye bye. 
And there's another episode of Masters of Matinee down. We hope that you now have a better grasp on why collectors double dip on releases and make sure to let us know what kind of releases you've double dipped on down in the comments. We'd like to thank everyone who's been listening along. We'd like to remind you to go ahead and follow Masters of Matinee on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Special thanks to this week's co-host, Drew, who can be found on TikTok at Movie. Don't forget that all Masters are now on Letterboxd. Come see what kind of movies we've been watching and be sure to leave a comment letting us know that you listen to the show. Their links can be found in the description. Remember to also follow me on TikTok and YouTube at JT the Talking Head. Thank you all so very much for listening to this awesome collaborative effort between four guys who just want to talk about the things they love, movies, and physical media. Be sure to join us next week and every single week on Blues Day Tuesday. Hope you enjoyed the show. See you later.